Welcome to My Friends in the North with PR and management consultant Sarah Waddington as she interviews some of the leading lights in the north of England about their work, the economy, communications and what makes them tick. Hello and welcome to My Friends in the North. Well, today's episode is hopefully going to be not just a good listen, but also super helpful, bearing in mind current trending conditions. I'm chatting to Nikki Jolly, who's the owner-manager of HR Today, which works with Northeast businesses to provide tailored solutions to their HR needs. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Good morning. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yes, thanks for coming along. So I know it's a busy time. Um, it is, yes. Let's kick off. What a time to work in human resources. COVID-19 lockdown has seen a wholesale move to home working. We've got some employees being furloughed and every business owner is preoccupied with keeping employees safe. What's your take on the situation? Well, it's a new experience for everybody. I don't think anybody's actually been through anything like this. So in one sense, it's been a great challenge because, you know, it that's what I thrive on is challenges and helping businesses. And I have to be honest, up to about five or six weeks ago, I'd never even heard the word furlough. So it's been a steep learning curve for us all. Um, It's been different. You know, people are working from home, but that wasn't through choice. We're in a crisis and people have been forced into circumstances, home, schooling, working, just the whole situation of being forced into something and having to adapt and accommodate what's going on and you know it's a real challenge for leaders business leaders because they're trying to do the right thing but they're also trying to save their business it's been interesting to say the least absolutely so talk to us about HR today I know you've got clients across most sectors what type of requests for help are you seeing most and I totally take on board the comment you just made about the kind of people trying to do the best thing but also save business which is actually a dilemma in itself isn't it it is um i mean obviously majority of our work has been furlough centric that's what we've been working on solidly since this happened i mean once we went into lockdown um at the back end of march to be fair we were working 10 12 hour days we were just trying to pacify business owners we were trying to reassure them we were trying to preempt what was coming how we could help and how we could add value to them um we were their first port of call and obviously furlough being the major thing we adapted really quickly and within the first week we'd learn what zoom was as well it's a new technology and we started doing zoom calls for our clients and i have to be honest from the phones going absolutely ballistic every day the zoom calls came on and in the first morning after our first zoom the calls just stopped people we worked out very quickly people wanted reassurance they wanted somewhere to turn to and they wanted to know that other people were in the same situation So we do have clients across whole sectors, including GPs, manufacturing, dry cleaning, admin support. We do so many different things. You know, we've got pig farmers, we've got farmers, we've got concrete manufacturers. So as you can imagine, their needs were very different. Some of them had to keep going. You know, they don't have a choice. They've got animal welfare. What could we do to protect their business, protect their employees, reassure their employees to manufacturing that's saying actually we can diversify we can keep going we need to know what we can do to oh my god the work's just dried up and we need to stop how do we manage this so HR today have had the whole spectrum I've got to be honest and the one thing I will say is my team have been amazing and have just adapted and they've been fantastic through this whole process 
Amazing, because obviously they've had a challenge too. And let's talk about that because obviously like many, you've moved the team out of the office to re- remotely um, because the, the, the coronavirus has forced that. What challenges have you experienced from this change? Because obviously I, I appreciate that you've been going through the same thing as many of your clients. We have, yeah. We had to deal with the change, but also be strong and be there for everybody else. Um, to be fair, I talked about my team about this and what they felt were the biggest challenges. Um, I think the phones were the main thing because we needed to get phones diverted and be able to communicate with each other. But other than that, it's been pretty seamless. Um, the one thing we did very quickly was to basically say to everybody, take your desk home. And what we meant by that was take everything but your desk. So my whole team took their printers, they took their chairs, they took their double screens, um, they took their desk phones, they took everything to enable them to be able to work quickly and set up and still have the same support that they would have in the office. The biggest challenge for them is we work really well as a team and I always say stronger together and that is so true of our team. So the very first day that everybody went home, I worked out what Zoom was and I was like, oh my God, let's (laughs) give this a go. We have a Zoom call every morning. And the team, whether they're on holiday, whether they're at home, whatever's going on, everybody dials in. And we generally don't talk about work, if I'm honest. We talk about everything but what's going on. One of our team members has found a little duck having a little family under a bush near his house. You know, so it generally is. And we're probably talking as a team more now than we did in the office because people were out and about. I guess it's place to culture, isn't it, in terms of that sense of cohesion and connectivity and just making sure you keep that human side and the relationships going. Absolutely. You know, that they, they need support. We Part of our team is very mixed. We've got a lady that lives on her own who we were really worried about and concerned how she would feel through all of this. And she's been through quite a difficult time herself. So every day we all call her separately And, you know, on Facebook, she's been putting things up. And we do have a WhatsApp chat group as well. We set that up in the first week. And believe you me, there's all sorts goes on that WhatsApp. (laughs) But it is just creating that connectivity and making sure that everybody's all right. And, you know, we have had people who've had bad days and that's okay. And I think it's accepting that that is okay because it is affecting us all differently. Absolutely, Nick. And I think that's a really important point, isn't it, that, Businesses need to realise that this is not normal remote working. This is working from home in a crisis while managing other challenges. So there's not just the emotional impact of having been forced to to work from home, to set up at home. And actually not everybody may have had the forethought to get people to take things home. They may be using their own phones, their own kit. And actually that brings its own set of challenges. Obviously, there's the emotional impact of worrying about um, friends, family, colleagues. And then, of course, there's the people who have other pressures in their lives, whether that's homeschooling and kids or elderly parents or just whatever that might be. And uh, I think it's really important that businesses keep that human side going and keep it at the forefront. Absolutely. I've become an expert in algebra, but I actually have to confess, I forgot how much I enjoyed algebra. For the rest of it, I'm really struggling. <laughs> that's not that's not right, Nikki. There's nothing good about maths. <laughs> no, no. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's go back to furloughing. Obviously, this is, as you said, quite a new concept for, for most people. And um, of this is been possible thanks to the significant government interventions that we've seen. So we're in a situation where some organisations are able to furlough staff, which means they can take them out of the workforce for a certain amount of time while they still get paid and they're kept 
they kept on the payroll. And obviously, this is a great way for them to keep the business going while there's less income coming in. So they can, you know, once the recovery comes, then they can bring them back in and hopefully off they go again. I've, I've very so much simplified that. But I noticed on Twitter that you were talking a short time back about furlough fever. And I was really interested about this. So you, there are some members of staff who've gone home actually they are able to take time to spend with their kids help them homeschool do whatever they want to do and they perhaps don't want to come back because obviously organizations can bring stuff back after three in three week cycles so mm-hmm. you're seeing that some organizations are having to manage that can, can you talk to us a little bit more about that I think it's a really interesting potential new trend yeah um and I think it, we've got to be very cautious and very careful because mm. I think the key words is we are in a crisis we're in a pandemic and people do react differently and the reality is majority of the nation are scared. So when we say that there is furlough fever, they will always be the minority of people who actually think this is great. I can sit at home. We've had some wonderful weather. I can sit in the garden. I'm with my family. And you know what? I'm getting 80% of my pay. Some are getting 100% of pay. Mm. I, I quite like this. And I, I could do this for a little bit longer and I don't really want to go back. I think if we look at the root cause of those people, they've probably been poorly managed in the first place. And I think, could we go back in time and say to managers, if this was to happen, who would be your ones that would you would struggle to get back with? So as an organisation, you've got to be really careful and you do have to think of the mental health. And people disguise mental health in many ways and fear. So they may say certain obstacles are stopping them coming back but really deep down there's a rooted issue but we will always get the minority that want to take the mick and I think they will always take the mick and I think we will start to see those people coming through where genuinely they just don't want to come back they're quite happy they're not spending as much money financially they're probably better off because they're not spending they're not going out they're not spending on fuel the only thing we're all spending on is probably Amazon and actual food (laughs) you know so There will be a minority that will struggle. I mean, just some examples that we've had is, why am I being victimised? Because I've got a car. When other people could get there, they just need to use public transport. You're picking on me. We have had, I've got a puppy. I couldn't possibly come back now. I've got to train the puppy. But if I could come back at the end of June. So we are genuinely getting these concerns and issues from employers and we're having to manage it. But we have to manage it in an ethical way because we've got to understand if there's some underlying problems. And employers can only do what they can do, but what we've got to try and do is filter out the genuine concerns. So we've had another concern in that his wife works for the NHS, so he can't go back because he needs to childcare. And that's fine, but we need to work through that with the employers and we've got to support the employees as well. That's really good advice. Thanks, Nikki. Let's move on then to forward planning which is kind of linked it's a big headache for business owners no matter the size of the company scenario planning and and all the information that I've read certainly would suggest that we're going to see a partial release of the lockdown when that happens and then a full one but equally we could end up in some kind of home working cycle dependent on the impact of coronavirus obviously it's difficult there's different things happening and when everybody's keeping uh, an eye on what's happening globally but bearing all that in mind what should companies be considering right now i think they need to start planning the reality is we don't know the answer we don't know what the government's going to come out with but if you've got a plan and the plan ends up being 75 percent there you've already started the work and you've put things in place so 
we assume that people are going to have to be two metres apart if they're in the office. So you're going to be reportioning management rooms, meetings are going to be very different. Depending on the size of your office, it may well be that you actually encourage people to work from home majority of the week and they just come in so that everybody can still see each other and still have that interaction. So for us, the planning is the key. We're looking at this all the time and we are preparing um a plan for businesses when they come back and we'll be launching that with our clients very shortly what we're looking at is if you do bring people back you do return to works with them so just as you would if somebody had been on maternity leave if somebody had been absent you would sit down and you would discuss with them how they're feeling if there's any support that they need is there any mitigating circumstances that we need to be aware of so you've got to be Using the common sense, what would you do in a normal circumstance if somebody had been out of the business a while? You would sit down, you would talk to them. So you need to plan for that and you need to make sure that people feel safe with that, that you're not sat next to each other. And, you know, you can do that across the table and people feel comfortable. And if there is genuine anxiety and mental health, the key is the leaders need to be listening. We're not expecting people all to be mental health counsellors. They need to listen And then they need to know how to signpost their employees. So that's the first stage. And communication throughout all of this has been crucial. Even people that are furloughing, we're saying to our employers, our companies, you must talk to your employees, make them feel engaged, make them feel that they're being thought of and that you are there if they're having problems. Then, like I say, it is going to look different. I mean, I've had people telling me, for example, people won't be able to make the office coffee and tea because they may contaminate This is all going to have a huge impact on people's mental health, how they feel, the mistrust of colleagues. And it's so, so important that managers are thinking about this. You could do staged start and finish times so that people aren't feeling stressed and panicked. Let's be honest, how many of us have actually stayed in bed that extra half hour or that hour longer because they're not having to commute to work? So I think when you're thinking of bringing people back, communicate with them, talk to the people that you're bringing back and say, you know, what are your concerns? What are the issues that you've come up with? You know, realistically, have you been getting up that bit later? Would you prefer to come in on the later shift and go home later? Work it through with your people. Your people know just as much as you, but also you need to be looking at whether you need to do the short time working and whether it may be phased in that you bring your first workforce back earlier than some others. So it's really looking at the different scenarios, looking at how we can work with the people and what the company needs, but how we're going to get people. You know, people have been wearing PJs all day, you know, they've been sat on Zoom calls (laughs) and nobody knows that they've got their pyjamas on. Let's be honest, I think we can all say we have done it. So these are all things to consider and communication and warning. Don't ring people up today and say, I want you back tomorrow. People need time to adapt. Sure. And the... There's lots of things being considered at the moment. You could start with training. You know, one of the things that furlough has been a great opportunity and a number of our clients have took up is you can train people while they're on furlough. That makes them feel engaged. They're learning a new skill. You could phase in a training plan before people come back. So not only are they feeling energised, invigorated, they're feeling more educated, but it's getting them back into that work situation and mindset before they come back. Sage words there, Nikki. And I guess uh, in terms of if we were to end up home working again, businesses can learn from the lessons that they've had this time round and implement all the different ways in which they change things uh, next time round. 
unfortunately, some businesses are going to have to make redundancies and, that, and that's a sad fact. What advice do you have for employees and employees in this situation? Yeah, I mean, we've been getting requests for redundancy calculations. People, you know, businesses are genuinely looking at what does this really mean for people? How can they bring people back? Sadly, some companies have actually found that on a skeleton staff, they've been able to deliver what they would normally do with their full workforce. So Mm. their first thought is, I can cut half my staff, let's get rid of half of them, I can save my costs, and I've got a better chance of surviving through this. What we're saying to people is just take some time. Yes, look at the figures. Yes, have a plan in place for the worst case scenario. We know furlough has been extended to the end of June. There's a lot of pressure on the government. And I do, you know, I do want to get in there. I think the government have acted amazingly in the timescale that they've turned this around. And they really are supporting businesses in every way. There's now pressure on them that what happens after June, if we're going to do a phased lockdown, we're going to have to be looking at will furlough extend? What about the businesses who've had pipeline work to do now, but the hit will come in three or six months time because they haven't been able to develop their pipeline going forward? I do think there will be more furlough coming in. And for that reason, we're saying to our clients, don't make hasty decisions, have everything in place, have a plan. We don't know how quick industry is going to come back and that's going to affect different sectors differently. Some will just turn the light switch on and that'll be it. Everything will be normal. Their order book will start back up again and it'll be great. Some companies won't. And for that, I think furlough will be staged. There is even talks about whether furlough will be more flexible, that you can do short term working so you can do less hours a week. There's so many things out there that I I believe the government are really considering. What we're saying to people is if absolutely you need to make redundancies, start the consultations whilst people are on furlough, put them on their notice, but explain to them we may end up extending their notice period and rolling that over until we know exactly what it looks like. So... We're asking people to slow down, but be prepared. And the thing is with redundancy, you've got to be fair, transparent. You must communicate and be respectful. Everybody is going to be worried. Everybody knows that people are going to be, there's a lot more unemployment and possibly less jobs out there. So people are going to worry, how can they pay their bills? How can they support their family? So talk to employees, but explain to them it's still the unknown and that you will communicate every time you know something different. Thanks, Nikki. That's great. I know that HR Today has launched free Q&A calls for those who can't afford to pay for HR support. Can you explain how people can access that, please? Yes, they are on Zoom um, because that is the platform we seem to have favoured and it does seem to work. Literally, all you need to do is get in touch with the office. If you go on our website, hrtoday.co.uk, we put it on LinkedIn and that also tells you how to contact the office. All you need to do is send an email to the office. Charlie, who has been our godsend, she's been our life saviour, keeping on top of all of this. She will just send you the Zoom link. There's no obligation, no commitment. We've been asked things like, do I have to show my face? Do I have to have a question? Some people just like to come on and listen to see what other people are asking. We always give an update of where we are, what we know now and what we think is being discussed. And then we open that up to everybody and allow for questions and answers. So that's available to everybody. We do it once a week. It's either a Wednesday or a Thursday, depending on the commitments that we've got. Um, But anybody that's got a business, please dial in. You can ask questions anonymously. You can ask them openly to everybody. It's however you feel comfortable. We are there to support you. 
Lovely, thank you. Nearly out of time, but one more question for you. Um, I know you're married with a 13-year-old daughter and you've got three spaniels at home, which is a brilliant choice of dog, by the way. My Madge is a cocker. Um, how are you, I mean, I know you're also like me, running a, a business from home, homeschooling. What's your top tips for getting some downtime? It's difficult. Everybody's different, as I've said, and it's about knowing how you work. Um, you know, we've all got the stresses and strains of algebra and chemistry and everything else. The key is have a plan, have a schedule, not too bit much expectation on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Try and have realistic, short goals, things that need to be done, but allow downtime. Personally, we found walking the dogs you're allowed out once a day. We make the most of that. We go out, we get the fresh air, we're taking in the nature around us and observing that. We've started playing board games again. We're doing Articulate, which has been absolutely hilarious. We've even been having Zoom calls with our friends playing bingo. It's what works for you. We've even started baking because we've had time, but we're now putting on lots of weight. <laughs> Look at what's good for you. Think out of the box. Think of the things you've not done before and give them a try. But the key is don't have huge expectations. Don't set yourself up to fail. Thanks, Nikki. I really appreciate you being so generous with your time and expertise today. If you'd like to keep up to date with Nikki, you can follow her on Twitter at Jolly Nikki. And why not also follow at HR Today Limited? And you can like the HR Today page on LinkedIn. Well, that's all for today. But if you or a client would like to be involved on the podcast, please do drop me a line at sarah at astute.work. Bye for now. And until the next time, stay home and stay safe. you for listening to my friends in the north with sarah waddington you can find sarah on twitter at mrs underscore wads or get involved with the podcast by emailing sarah at astute.work see you next time mm-hmm.